four, barely surviving, and lead the Stanley Cup final three games to one. We'll have a chance to clinch the Stanley Cup on home ice Tuesday at T-Mobile Arena. Hanging at Ellis Island, it's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling into hour two, Adam Candy's here as the company. Damon is back in the Finley Toyota Studios. Uh, here is Ellis Island, front yard. Come on down, $4 beers. You walk two blocks, candy, they're 15 bucks, And they brew them here. And they've got four house brews. They've got another seven. I tried the uh, Berliner Weiss, if I can say it, Berliner Weiss the other day. Absolutely dynamite. We had such a good time at Ellis Island for... Uh, game four, it was me and three other friends, and we, I thought we were going to eat our way through the menu. It was crazy. Really good food here. Got the, They have uh, mozzarella. They're not bites. They're like, they're basically shaped like little footballs. You know, remember the old football game? You know, you fold up the paper, little triangle, but they're gigantic. That was delicious. I love the pork belly bites. So if you're looking for a good spot, folks, and, it, you know, we're right near the strip here at Ellis Island in the front yard, so... If the Knights win, you can probably walk over to the celebration. I'm sure it's going to spill up and down. Well, that'll be interesting, actually, because we've got we've got that middle zone of this trip where you know you really can't walk right now because of F1, which we have to get into later on. We're going to mention the dirty P word that Darren Millard absolutely would not mention yesterday when he was on with us. Let's do the big four. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. By the way, I forgot. There are several P words that could be dirty that we can't use uh, by the FCC. So parade, parade, parade. It's not that dirty. So Candy's here. Damon is here. It's big four time. We'll get to the A's in a couple of minutes. Oh, boy. Con Smythe goes to the best player of Candy, not the finals, the playoffs. So now, you know, it's kind of hard to think about Hey, what's been going on here with a very balanced team? No mega superstar, but lots of really, really good players bordering on stars. Yesterday, Millard was on, and he was making a case for about five different guys that tonight's game could make the difference. Adam Hill was just living. He's already mad about who's going to get the award. That's Adam, right? Adam was on yesterday, and Adam said, Marcia Stowe's getting it because everyone is about goals, goals, goals. Millard pushed back. Push back. Is it now? You can make a case for other guys. So where are we, Candy, on the con Smythe? We're at a point where every single candidate is flawed and significantly flawed. And yet, you got to choose somebody here in the long run, right? You have to go with Marcheseau, Hill, Eichel. I don't think you can really go any farther than that. If you choose Marcheseau, you're choosing a guy who in the first seven games of VGK's playoff run had two, count them two, total points, not goals, points. Jonathan Marcheseau was awful for seven games. Now, he has been amazing ever since, and so there's a lot to say for that. Aiden Hill didn't even play the first few games for the Golden Knights. And so I think Aiden Hill has a hell of a case, and so does Jack Eichel because he's been the most consistent player for the Golden Knights throughout the entire playoffs. Whether it's scoring or not scoring, his game at every zone has been outstanding. But I got to say, if you're going to do this and you're going to do it on narrative, then shouldn't the narrative be for the guy who is the original Golden Knight, for the guy who's been here the whole time? For Jonathan Marcheseau, 
for the guy who everybody talks about as the engine of the team? I think Jonathan Marcheseau should be it in the absence of a clear candidate otherwise. Uh, Hill wanted to make a strong case for Eichel, and Millard mentioned, hey, Eichel's going to be the bigger story for the national media. I just wonder if all of the local media who are involved vote for Marshy. It'll be interesting to see how this turns out. Number three? Number three. A crazy day today with the A's. They've got a reverse boycott. They're trying to pack the house in Oakland for a 640 game. They're giving away a bunch of t-shirts, all crowdfunded. I saw Ann Killian wrote, wouldn't it be ironic if the A's get their boondoggle on the same day? That's the $380 million plus they're asking for from the state of Nevada and the county. Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup in a privately built arena with an owner, Bill Foley, who said about taxpayer dollars going to sports teams, quote, we can better spend that money on firefighters, teachers, and policemen. Oh, boy. Dave Cavill is rolling over in his grave. And Dave is very much alive. Bobby Manfred, your guy. <laughs> your guy. The master Bobby of baseball. Ba- your guy, the master. Uncle Bobby, the master of baseball S&M. Candy just takes it and takes it and takes it and keeps coming back and asking for more for Bobby. So what's your reaction? You're a Bobby Manfred loyalist. Oh, 50 shades of green and gold, baby. 50 <laughs> shades of them. Bobby Manfred comes back to hurt me, and every time I say, Bobby, I need more. I can't do it without <laughs> more. More funding. More taxpayer dollars. I need more. Uh, Dave, Dave Cavill, the, uh, as Steve <laughs> Pastorino put it, uh, so eloquently walking, talking bobblehead, uh, and the Oakland A's might just get their money at the same time that the Golden Knights do it in the in the uh, privately funded arena, which would really would be quite remarkable because it's starting to feel like this thing with the A's is a situation where, you know, we're keeping the legislators up there for... How long now? Thousands on thousands on thousands of dollars for special session to be able to do this. And nobody really wants this in the long run. And yet, what are we going to get? It's something you don't really want, but you're going to get it anyway. Yeah, Bobby Baseball. Bring me more. I need more. I don't want it, but I need it. Number two. I mean, right, Damon? This got real uncomfortable. Candy taking a shirt off. Yeah, we're, we're... we're cutting up a lot of video now on the show. Ow! Please. You got me again. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm trying to manage the scene here. We've got a big party coming up. i got a select number of uh, VGK t-shirts. I just, I just watched <laughs> just watched someone take one. I'm like, oh, wait, hold on! After 5 o'clock! After 5 o'clock. Those are coveted, coveted materials with a cup on the line. All right, number two. A little more on what's going on today. Boy, this thing has just freaking grinded for days and days and days. And by thing, I mean having this proposal in front of the legislators in special session after special session. Do you feel for the legislators that this has been a really weird deal between, I think it's been really disrespectful with the A's and Governor Lombardo uh, putting these folks through the ringer. Well, the A's have been disrespectful throughout this entire process. They've treated everything as a fait accompli when they haven't had any sort of a plan or any sort of criteria for what they needed 
from the legislators during the actual part of the session, during the actual time that they were up there to meet, the four months they had going on, and yep. yet the governor has chosen to bring them back to try to get this done. And now it's dragged on for days because we saw the embarrassing spectacle of Dave Cavill up there unable to answer a simple question like, will you pay the live entertainment tax? And he dodged the question like five separate times. That is absolutely disrespectful to legislators who've been gone from their families for four months and have to sit up there now for days on end to try to push this thing through that doesn't seem to benefit anybody but the A's. It's crazy. You also said, though, when you sent over this note that no one really wants this deal. We know that's not the truth. And that's the battle here. You've got a small group, and I really do believe it's a small group that are kind of tuned into this uh, amongst our residents all over the state of Nevada, but especially in Clark County, who are like, yeah, this doesn't sound like a good deal. And it might not even be just anti-public money for billionaires. A lot of it's anti the A's and anti John Fisher. But in this wrestling match, I think most of the strip wants it. The culinary union reportedly wants it. We know the laborers union wants it. We think Governor Lombardo wants it. Anyone who's on his side of the aisle because of Lombardo wants it. So that's the battle that's being waged here. I will tell you, they are setting a very crazy precedent. Why wouldn't every future project or renovation on the Strip go tax-free district? Gimme, gimme. Yeah, I want that too. I have no idea why they wouldn't. In fact, I certainly would if I were in that situation. I get it. If you're the union, of course you want it. It's more jobs, it's more union jobs. The, a union's job is to grow. That's mm-hmm. it. To grow and to represent its membership. Do what you gotta do. On the Governor Lombardo side of things, what I find most interesting about all of this is that Steve Sisolak said at one point, there will be no more public money for stadiums, yet during his campaign spent a whole <laughs> lot of time yep. touting that big Allegiant Stadium deal that he yep. helped get done. And you know what that did for him? Bumpkiss. Nada. Be careful. Those are the things that might sound good in the moment that don't really help you in the long run. Not a legacy move that could lead to a lengthy, lengthy, moving up the ladder political career. Number one. And now here's the other part of this deal that's interesting because we just kind of found out about this today, and I'm not sure if they're actually addressing it or not. But it looks like Goldman Sachs is being called upon by John Fisher. How much money does this guy have? Because he's... The heir to the Gap fortune, which it sounds like the fortune is kind of shrinking. Now, I'm not talking shrinking Candy Cofield to size. Uh, you know, the, the, it's still billions, but it's getting smaller. But apparently, the $1.1 billion that the A's and Fisher are going to throw in is all going to be leveraged. A lot like Mark Davis, right? Mark Davis had the money from Sheldon Adelson. It was $650 million. And Adelson was like, the deal is done now. I'm pulling my money. And then Jerry Jones is like, not so fast. Here's Bank of America. But the difference is, it's the NFL. It ain't baseball. And the other thing that's important to point out is the Raiders turned around and sold PSLs. And they sold a lot of them. The estimates were for about $250 million in PSLs. They got like $559 million in PSLs. I don't think PSLs in the new baseball stadium will produce more than like a few million. So another you know, leap of faith here. Are we all cool partnering with a guy, giving him a lot of money and a lot of tax breaks for the next 30 years? And 
almost all of the $1.1 billion on his end is going to be financed. Ooh. Little roll of the dice, isn't it? Huge roll of the dice. And I, I can't help but think maybe we're the problem, Steve. Because if you think <laughs> about the Gap clothing, well, you don't buy anything retail anymore. So, you know, you're just shopping out of the back of people's moving trucks trying to get even for losing all your shirts all those years ago. Uh, everything for me is kind of in between a medium and a large because of my unusual, you know, coat rack type frame. And I don't I think they stopped selling schmediums years ago. So I don't know about demand, but we can't find anything for for demand because they, they don't have the, uh, the the yoked cut over at the Gap anymore, so I don't know how John Fisher is going to make any money here. I don't understand. The Gap has no future because of us, and the A's have no future because of the Gap and because of us. I will say it has a future because of me. I have noticed that as I've gotten bigger and puffier, uh, big and puffy size is getting more and more popular. They're starting to... They're starting to... Oh, oh yeah. Big and puffy, it's not just for East Coast rap anymore. Right. I guess guess it should be squatty and puffy uh, because I always always love the... The uh, Garanimals that I used to get were squatty. Short and squatty. squatty. (laughs) Garanimals. The Garanimals. No, squatty and puffy is what happens to you after you get a little happy with the uh, meat slicer a couple hours later. Oh, God. Cut up some chicken. I won't get into it. Okay, here's what's happening here at Ellis Allen. Um, They are going to have free shots for every goal. They have now. I met the nice lady from Fireball the other day. I'm sweating now. I don't even know how I'm doing the show. They just put in front of me these small bottles, 60 of them. I mean, I got an hour and 45 minutes to go in the show. And by the way, I like Fireball. The SO really likes Fireball. Now, there's one little thing where I don't like Fireball. She may have snapped an ankle a couple of years ago, and Fireball may have been involved. So, yeah. But, yeah. Score six, seven goals. Come on down. Great beer specials, giveaways, Ellis Island. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Candy. Ellis Island front yard hanging at ellis island it's cofield and company on espn las vegas and espn sports reno rolling on towards the halfway point of the show starting to get some seats filled up here five o'clock start with the puck drop you can hear pregame the official pregame over on fox sports las vegas with rthg also at the arena because that's where ryan is is Willie Ramirez, part of the company. He joins Damon and Candy and Cofield. Willie! What's up, buddy? Oh, boy. T-Mobile, waiting okay. for the festivities to start. I got luminaries joining me all around me. Greg Wyshynski from ESPN.com just sat down. I got stars to, I mean, media celebs everywhere. I just, I, I sort of feel out of place. But, you know, we're ready for the big night. All right, what was the vibe? Ran into, ran, ran into Wayne Gretzky earlier, said hello to him. Really? Okay. How, yeah. did Wayne, how did Wayne look? How was he dressed? Wayne had a suit on, like a, like a very contemporary nice suit. And I want to say, I can't remember because he was looking down the whole time. And I had to relay a message from somebody who, someone who's a, we're going to mention a little bit, but he wanted me to relay a hello if I ran into him. But I think he had like one of the, like a suit with a sweater on underneath. He does. Maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the TV uh, yeah. shot right now, and he's got uh, kind of a beige jacket, brown sweater. Eh. I mean, it is a hockey arena, so maybe it's a little bit chilly. Maybe it's a little bit chilly. 
How much layering do you do? Because you wear these uh, these suits. Yeah, yesterday the yesterday the media tent was ice cold. They were blowing really? air into it from the swamp oh, coolers. That. It was beautiful. Today they didn't have it on. I don't get it. There was like twelve of us in there, so you you know there's not as much body heat going on, and they had a blowing, which I love. I don't mind it. Today it's packed, and the blowers are not on, just the AC. So didn't get it. It was hot down there. Um, it's obviously hot out there on the plaza where uh, Steve Aoki just did a set, and I am just waiting for this place to explode inside. In the arena right now, are you in the arena or the media room? I'm upstairs on, on, at Press Row. I'm so, overlooking the red line. How many fans are in the building right now? They're showing up on TV. They're showing sporadic shots of it. It looks like maybe a 1,000 already? Not a lot. No? Okay. Hundreds? They're no, making a not a lot. Like, like if I were to guess per section, there might be maybe 50 to 100 people in every section right now. They're just kind of mulling around, probably out on the, there's, there, you know, there's different balconies and then there's outside everything going on. So not everybody's faded in, they're walking around. I'm sure there's photo op uh, places throughout the arena. There's live shots with different TV outlets, um, obviously ESPN, TNT, everywhere. I mean, I mean, I'm looking at the live shots. So there's just a lot going on for people to soak in. They're trying to catch the vibe. There's a little bit, they got about 33 minutes before pregame. So they're kind of walking around people in the vibe on the outskirts of the ice. Well, Willie, a lot of vibes to go around tonight, and you are the perfect person to ask the question we were talking about earlier because we were having a debate about is this going to be, if the Golden Knights win, the biggest night in the history of Vegas sports, or did that happen with Larry Johnson, Greg Anthony, Stacey Ackman at all? You have a chance to be here for both of them, potentially. What would you say? Um, so my story for the sport, I'm here for AP tonight, um, but my story for Sporting Tribune, if and when the Golden Knights win, is my top five sports championships, not moments, top five sports championships, because moments, we could go down a litany of boxing events. So top five sport, sports championships involving Southern Nevada teams, um, I will reveal that my number one, because Arash has already tweeted it out, Spoiler, Arash, Mark, um, it's going to be very hard. I don't care what, even with the Raiders, when, if the Raiders were to win a Super Bowl, uh, it's going to be hard to supplant 1990. I don't care what anybody tells me. Wow. It doesn't mean that I'm right. It doesn't mean that I'm right because you could have come here after that and don't care about college basketball and all you do, you know what I mean? You could have, you could have come from New York or Chicago or Detroit where it's hockey-rich city and said, no, this is bigger. And that person wouldn't be wrong because for them, but for me, it will always be 1990. There's only one way I can imagine something supplanting it, and that would be is like if Vegas had its own NFL team, an organic team with organic fan base, and it won the Super Bowl. It's the only thing that I could possibly think of, only because it's the NFL. It's not a knock against the NHL. I just think that even still, it's going to be hard to supplant UNLV. It ushered in sort of that title feel, that championship feel, there were less than a million people here in Las Vegas at that time. And, you know, there was so much up against UNLV and Jerry Tarkanian. And, and back then, that's all we had. It didn't matter if you were in the media, if you were a fan, it didn't matter. It was just, it was something special. That doesn't mean that this isn't special. It's just, that's the first one. And it's gonna be hard to top that. The rest of my five, I'm not gonna reveal. VGK would be, number, if they win, would be number two. And then from there, I'll let everybody read my top five. And I think that some will be shocked by what comes in there.
And it's hard if you were here, Willie, to top that moment. And and I was trying to talk right. earlier, you know, and and Demond was saying that you know obviously he wasn't even alive when when this happened. Right. And it's a great point that right. there are a lot of people who just don't understand. But to explain the significance to people of everything UNLV had been up against for so long and the feeling of sticking it to the NCAA and to everybody else nationwide in that championship is impossible to replace. It is because, and and it goes beyond that really before the troubles with the NC2A, right? It goes like if you're back where when I was here, going to the rotunda and sitting on the floor and watching the Runner Rebels and the Hardway 8, Eddie Owens, Lou Brown, Robert Smith, Reggie Diaz, uh, you know, watching that team in the rotunda and then go to the Final Four and then the shift to Thomas and Mack, right? And then all of a sudden you had um, the early stages of powerhouses between uh, Sid Green and, and the different teams that, that played in that one. And then all of a sudden the 86-87 team with Freddie Banks and, and Mark Wade and Eldridge Hutchin and Armin Gilliam. And that team goes to the Final Four, and they almost beat Indiana to get to the national championship. So now you get this team that's under scrutiny. You get somebody who's beloved in this town, right? I mean, back then, I'd say early 80s, by the time that team came around in the 90s, the, 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 uh, how do I word this? The, uh, the, the savory characters of Las Vegas from the <laughs> 70s and 80s that ran this town, like, there were certain characters that you were either part of or you weren't, and then there were others that were untouchable, but they weren't part of that, or they weren't politicians, or they weren't part of the police force. And Jerry Tarkanian was sort of in that small group where every group recognized, respected, and loved Jerry Tarkanian. So when the NC2A came after him and this program, it meant something. For them to rise up the way that they did, and it was sort of like, leave no doubt, right? Like the moment I remember the Titans when everything was against them, and they just said, leave no doubt. They left no doubt. They dominated everybody. They crushed Duke. They brought a title to this town. They, you know, the parade on, it was just, it was different. It was a different feeling. It'll be different. It was different when the Aces won. It'll be different if the Golden Knights win tonight. This town will be electric, but you cannot top that moment. Nobody will understand it unless they lived it. At the same token, nobody that experienced or know what we're talking about, Adam, I understand why they're going to say the Golden Knights. I, right. I fully understand it. So I get it. I get the younger crowd. I get if DeMond says this would be bigger. I get if my son says this is bigger. They don't know. They don't understand. And that's fine. I appreciate and respect that. Willie Ramirez is over at T-Mobile checking in with us. Cofield and Company live at Ellis Island, the front yard, viewing party here. Lots of cool giveaways. $4 beers. You wear VGK gear. You can get a free beer. They've got free shots. Woo, doggy. Could get ugly here tonight for me. Uh, free shots every time VGK scores. Willie, we got a minute left. Do we have an update on what's going on with uh, Paul Moe and his injured players? We don't. He still hasn't said anything. The only people that were available tonight was, or earlier, was uh, Cassidy and the Golden Knights. He said that we'll find I'm guessing we'll find out when they hit the ice uh, for warm-ups. Uh, we don't know if Kachuk is playing or not. We don't know who, who I'm sure everybody else is, but uh, we'll find out what everybody else does. Last one. We have a couple seconds left. Willie Ramirez with yeah. us, writing for the AP, and check out his stories. Sporting Tribune. All right, what's your prediction? Are we finishing this thing tonight? I cannot 
uh, remove myself from my original prediction. I said Golden Knights in five. I think that there's just far too much um, adrenaline running through that locker room. The original six said that they were shell-shocked, starry-eyed, and frazzled year one. It was something to be amazed by in their words. They hit the ice the day after media day. They didn't know what to expect. They're well-seasoned. You have Stanley Cup champs on this team. You have guys like Mark Stone, Jack Eichel that left bad situations to be a part of this, and that's why they're here. Cassidy's here. I don't think that they're going to let this go any further, and I really think that they're going to destroy this team tonight. Wow. Uh, Willie, do you get to vote in the Con Smythe? How many voters are there? What's your gut feeling on who gets it at the Knights' I, win I, tonight? I believe that there are. I believe there are 18, 18 voters for the Con Smythe, if I'm not mistaken. They're chosen. Ooh. I'm double checking with Greg Wyshynski. I believe that there are eighteen voters for the Con Smythe, chosen writers that cover for you know the national that they've traveled, they've been to everything. So Ooh. remember, it's it's for the entire playoffs. Select group, very respected group of media members. So. Hey, right now, I would say I would say Marchessault. It would take a shutout and some incredible saves, but Aiden Hill is very deserving to be in the conversation. Do me a favor. I know you're really busy, but uh, text me if you can find this out. What's the split of national and local amongst the 18? Because if it's national, I I might bet Jack Eichel if I could still get it. All right, I'm going to find out for you. There you go, Willie. You're yeah, the I'll best get man. you that inside. I'll get you that inside information. That's some oh. Billy Walters type information oh. you're looking and, for. And by the way, the Knights need to win. Because we may have an Uncle Paul sighting. Your Uncle yep. Paul Anka is is friggin' jacked, juiced to the gills over the nights. We're it? gonna either way. We're gonna fill in the listeners tomorrow when I'm on the show. Willie, you're the best man. Talk to you later. There he is, Willie Ramirez, doing hard work for us, Candy. Yeah, Uncle Paul. Uncle Paul might be with us later this week, and he may he may have a piece of this cup with something special. He'll probably do it his way. So we'll give you a little clue there. This hour in Reno and Vegas is brought to you by our friends at Battleboard Injury Lawyers. Call from anywhere in the state, 766-1400-775 in the north. All right, big day. PGK going for the cup tonight. Game five right across the way. We're here at Flamingo and Koval at Ellis Island in the front yard. Come on down. This is a great spot. Got a uh, 18-foot HD screen. There's 20-plus TVs just in the front yard. And then, you know, there's the rest of the property spectacular, too. Not only can you eat here at the front yard, but they got the barbecue, which is freaking top-notch. I think the uh, with a card, I think the half chicken is 13 bucks. The ribs, half rack of ribs are 15 You get all these sides. That's tremendous. Village Pub still has the $9.99 steak special. So get down here. All the tables are open. If you play the tables, you can, or any of the games, really, you can qualify for a Jack Daniels-branded VGK jersey. And we're going to be actually on during the first period. John Von Tobel's down here. He's going to be hosting the party, doing all the sign-ups, giving away the T-shirts, all the other cool prizes that we have. We're about uh, eight minutes away from checking in on the gambling angle on this whole thing, all the angles, with our guy from Nesson and Fox Sports, Sam Paniotovich. So a lot to break down before puck drop and even when the, the puck drops. Candy, I saw, as always, you know, one of the narratives right after someone wins the NBA title is let's start looking ahead, right? But it sounds like Mike Malone and some of the other players, Malone the coach and some of the players, don't mind talking about the future. Are you bothered by that? It weirds me out a little bit. I, I heard a lot of the Denver media joking before this last night about how long will Michael Malone let his team enjoy winning the championship. And it turns out that the answer to that question is zero minutes. Because when the interview happened with Lisa Salters up on the podium, 
the very first thing that Michael Malone got out of his mouth was that we're going to win multiple championships. Bro, slow down. Just <laughs> smell the roses for a second. Jamal Murray said similar, that this is just the first of many championships that the Nuggets are going to win. And that's great. Have ambitions. Like, you want to be the dynasty that the Warriors are? Sure. But just take a minute and enjoy. Like, we joke around about teams that say, oh, well, well, you know, we're, we're going to celebrate this one tonight. And it's, you know, it's right back at it tomorrow. Right back at what in this case? You're going to start work, work into your second NBA championship tomorrow? No. Nikola Jokic just wants to go home, apparently. Yeah. But everybody else on this team is sitting here talking about winning a second, a third. I feel like we're going to end up in LeBron territory here. Not one, not two, not three. No, no. Slow down. Enjoy. You only get so many of these moments in life. You work your ass off all this time to get to this spot. And then you're immediately going to start talking about the next spot? No, 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 no. Just take a sec. Enjoy. Can we do it, though? Can we look ahead? Yeah, I didn't win anything. Yeah. Again. I mean, I do like the aggression, and I I do like the fact that, you know, they're not getting all pissed off at the conversation about looking ahead. Um, can they win multiple titles? Or is this an NBA now that is so freaking balanced and there's so much free agent movement that it's hard to even freaking discuss it now because the Nuggets could add. Nuggets could lose, too. You know, they could lose some guys. Can this team, with an in-prime Jokic and a very young Murray, can they win more titles? These singles most impossible thing of this entire postseason is for me to believe that Nikola Jokic still has multiple years to go before he's 30 years old. Can you believe that? I can't. It's crazy. I mean, the way he looks, he's like, hey, is he 30 or 32? No, he's 28. So, like, Nikola Jokic (laughs) will start next season at the age of 28. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 766-1400. Offices in Reno, Henderson, and Las Vegas. Call from anywhere in the state, 766-1400. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. All right, let's bring in Sam Paniotovich. We're live here at Ellis Island just off the strip in the front yard as puck drop. Little after five o'clock. We always say that little after five o'clock with the uh, opening ceremony. We'll see if it's as long as normal with VGK. So we could be actually dropping the puck somewhere between five thirteen and like five twenty-seven. All right, Sammy, what's going on, buddy? Ellis Island. I would kill for a French onion soup right now. I know. Front yard has an awesome menu. I think the onion soups, uh, French onion soups, in the Village Pub. We got the barbecue place here. Yeah, it's rocking and rolling. Really cool. So. We have a lot of things to go over, including this game. I will say one thing that is off the board is, let me get it right, Matthew Kachuk. I said Keith Kachuk during the break in conversation. <laughs> I'm old. Matthew Kachuk reportedly is not going to play. So what did you have on the docket for props with Kachuk? Well, today on the show, you know, we go live at 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 your time. And at that point in time, we still had several books in New England that were dealing numbers on Matthew Kachuk's points. And I was listening to Puck Daddy. He was on a radio show earlier today, and he was intimating that he thinks Kachuk is actually going to play at a minimal clip. Like maybe he's out there for 
the power play or something like that. And again, we don't really know. There are reports floating in every single direction. But at 5.30 Eastern, two hours ago, you could get under a half a point at plus 170. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. If he actually is going to play, and I think the kid wants to play, but if he can't go, the staff's going to rule him out. And, of course, any Kachuk bet that you make, if he doesn't play, you get it back. It gets voided, and the money goes back into your account. But let's say he gets out there and plays 5, 10, 15 minutes and doesn't score a point. Talk me out of under a half a point at plus 170. Come on. Yeah. Uh, what are we dealing on the game? you have interest in this? I mean, they look like... They have a great chance to close things out. I know Adam Hill, one of the company members and guy who covers VGK, was thinking, you know, tonight that Florida is dead man walking, that game four was the last-ditch effort. They just, you know, they spilled it all onto the ice. But it's 210 too high a price. You're getting 175 back on the Panthers. I'm not touching the side. There's no shot. This opened. I remember it opening at uh, Vegas minus 140, 145. And I'm looking right now, Superbook is at 220. So that's about a 75 cent, 80 cent hike up. You know, South Point 210, circa 206. Nuggets about 210, 215. You got a lot of juice on Vegas here, which tells us, boys and girls, that the Knights are likely winning the Stanley Cup tonight. Now, look, let's not say oh, he's going to jinx it because that stuff isn't real, but <laughs> you're a big favorite to bring a Stanley Cup to Las Vegas. That's the reality. As for betting the game, uh, the last two I've gone under, and I've been very adamant about that on Twitter. You know, game three was an easy under when the total crept up to six after Twitter odds makers were like, oh, the line should be seven and a half. I'm like, no, <laughs> never. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, you know, game four, wasn't it two to one with three minutes to go or something like that? So it feels like Florida's lack of offensive punch is rising to the top of this matchup and look Florida's going to have to muck this up Florida can't win 4-3, to 5-4 to four, and Florida knows that so I, I look at these totals for game number 5 tonight they open 6 pretty much everywhere you can still find a stale 6 in town, gotta lay a little juice 120 but this feels like 3-1, to 4-1 to one, maybe so I, I'd go under 6 if you could find it Sam Panionovich is with us from Nesson and Fox Sports. Hanny Adovich, where's your family from again? My father's 100% Serbian. Okay, good lead-in. I don't want to be a cheeseball, but did the Nuggets, but specifically Jokic winning an NBA title, mean anything extra to you guys? Oh, yeah, I cried like a baby. No, it didn't really matter that much. <laughs> I mean, I, I have some pride, but let's be clear, I was born in Chicago, not in right. Serbia. Uh, I've never even been to the motherland. I do like the occasional Slivovitz, which uh, if you're wondering what that is, that is the traditional Serbian plum brandy that would take the mud off your tires if you needed something to do so. Um, I, I was happy for, for the kid, though. I, I think, you know, it was awesome to watch Jokic after dominating the finals. His team wins it. He goes down the line and embraces every member of the Heat, including the guys that I couldn't pick out of a lineup. You know, the 13th guy on the Heat got a hug from the Joker. And yeah. then after he goes through that, he doesn't go nuts. He doesn't, you know, throw up all these crazy gestures. He just starts embracing his teammates. Like, he is a lunch pail Serbian. Go to work, put in your time, and then go home and, and be with your family. And that's what, that's what he said. They asked him, what does it feel like to be an NBA champion? 
feels good, feels good. Now I go home. You know, like that is that is my grandfather yeah. in 1940. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah, so there so you go. I was happy. And I saw this tweet. How about this? Serbia is responsible for 1% of the population across the world. Okay? Yet, two of the most dominant athletes right now are from Serbia. Nikola Jokic and Djokovic in tennis. How about that? That's crazy. Well, I mean, think about, you know, obviously there was a just vicious civil war. If Yugoslavia is together, right, as a basketball country, again, you know, basketball player per whatever, you know, millions of people. It's not a very big country with everything back together. The basketball product, the players they've pushed out over the last 25 years is incredible. If you haven't seen, and I'm talking to you listening right now, buzzing around Vegas, if you have not seen the documentary Once Brothers, if you're a sports fan, I would check that out. That came out about 2010, 2011. It was the story of Vladi Divac, Drazen Petrovic, Tony Kukoc, how they were all once the best of friends, specifically Divac and Petrovic, and then they didn't talk for years. I, I think maybe, you know, like 10 years after that stuff. And it was just very, very sad how they were they were playing together with, as kids, and then, uh, you know, religion, politics, and war drove them apart. It's a very good doc. Sam Paniovich is with us. All right, let's look ahead. So the numbers are up at various books for the NBA title in 2024. Is there value in betting now, or is there just too much craziness in the NBA offseason and you got to lay back? Well, there's no value in betting Denver, Boston, Milwaukee, Phoenix. You could probably get those same exact numbers, you know, going past Halloween, right? I mean, the Nuggets are going to be about 5-1, to one, the Celtics 5-56, same with Milwaukee. And then Phoenix anywhere from eight to nine. But I'll tell you what, this is the time when you want to take a shot on a team like, I'll circle this one. I can find a 60 to one on the Sacramento Kings to win the championship. And before you think I'm saying the Kings are going to win it all, that's not what it is. It's a conversation about betting a team that will probably over exceed expectations, right? I mean, they were a three seed last year that increased its win total by 18 games, right? Something like that. They went up 18 wins from 22 to 23. They bring almost everybody back. The only guy that might not be back is Harrison Barnes. He's a free agent, but maybe they could figure something out. You bring back six of the top seven scores. That is a team, Steve, with a core from about 23 years old to 26 years old. They play extremely fast, tough to slow down. You know, they're, they're playing to 120 points per game on offense, and they gave the Warriors a fit. That's a young team that has to learn how to win, and they have to take that next step. But let's say Sacramento wins 50 games next year. They're not 50, 60 to 1 to win the championship. You know what I mean? So you get a paper ticket anywhere in town. You can sell that ticket on prop swap. You buy two, keep one, sell the other. I think by the time we get to the postseason next April, the Sacramento Kings are nowhere near 60-1 to to win the championship. Let's play out that thought a little bit, Sammy, with the idea of teams that might be worth more by the time you have that ticket in your hand after that, because I'm just going to point to Miami at 22-1, to and not because Miami was in the finals, but because the reporting immediately after the finals ended was Miami's going to go get a superstar. 
Well, if there's a front office led by Pat Riley that I trust to do that, then it would be the Miami Heat. And if you look at what's in front of them in the East, it's a lot of question marks, whether it's the Celtics, whether it is the Milwaukee Bucks with a new coach, or whether it is whatever's going to be left of the Philadelphia 76ers. Tell me what you think about Miami looking forward based on that idea that they might go get another superstar. It's a fascinating conversation, Candy. I think it starts with who are we talking about, right? Because if we're saying a guy like Damian Lillard, okay, maybe I'm a little interested. Now, he doesn't play a lot of defense, but I I don't think he has to on that team because you have Jimmy and you have, you know, Bam out of bio. Like, you don't need a defensive stopper. You need a playmaker and a scorer. I mean, let's not forget in the Eastern Conference Finals, Miami was running its offense through Caleb Martin and Duncan Robinson. So Miami needs scoring. If you're going to tell me right now on June 13th, the Miami Heat are realistically invested in a possibility to get Damian Lillard, then yes, I would bet 20 to 1. Because here's how it goes. Say they do get Dame, and it does happen, and they don't lose Jimmy or Bam or any of the big cogs in the wheel, they're they're not 20 to 1 and win the title. So you're basically handicapping Miami's possibility to get said superstar and and you're trying to get ahead of the number so if they get dame they go from i mean let's play this out together if they're 20 to 1 without dame what are they with dame 14 12 um i'm looking at the board now i mean to win the title you got the sixers at 12 13 you got the heat at 20 and then where's milwaukee yeah six seven to one so if if miami gets damian lillard and pairs lillard with butler and bam that might be the second best team at the East, so maybe even shorter than 14, 12 to 1. You know, it's a fascinating conversation, but if they don't get Damian Lillard, I want no part of the Heat at 20 to 1, if you catch my drift. So you're basically betting on if Miami will get that player or not. And if you think they do, hell yeah, pop 20 to 1 right now. At SP Shoot up on Twitter, Sam Panyanovich, we got about a minute left here. Uh, a lot of books around the country have had the numbers up for week one in college football, even week two, and we're starting to catch up here in Vegas, and I know Circa put up week one sides and totals, right? They did. They did it the other day, and uh, I'll tell you two p- quick plays that I already took. I took Toledo plus 11 against Illinois. That's week number one. Toledo's going to be a 10-win team in the MAC this year. They bring back pretty much the entire offense with the starting quarterback, Illinois has got a lot of pieces to remove on defense and replace on defense. And then, are we laying it? Are we going against Coach Prime? Are we laying 19, 20? Are we doing it? What are you going to do? I'll go over in the game probably, 61 and a half. I think that's like 45 to 24. I think I think TCU is going to rub them, but uh, Colorado is going to get some points. they got some, some players on offense. I'd probably go over 61 and a half. I think it's 41-10. I think... Really? I think Colorado is going to suck ass. They're going to be under the winds. I think they're going to be terrible. Well, how about 56 to 7? That gets me over. Yeah. I don't, that's a problem. I don't know if it's going to go over because I don't know if Colorado's going to score enough, but I, I think they're going to get whacked on defense. TCU's going to run for 500 yards. Let's do it. Yep. Can't wait for uh, Dion in this experiment with uh, blowing out like 60 guys and trying to replace him with another 45. Good luck on that one. Sammy, yeah, no doubt. enjoy the game tonight. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Hey, hopefully you guys are partying tonight. I hope you guys bring it home. Could be crazy. Watch uh, social media. Could be a lot of videos up there. Yep, 5 o'clock hours on the way. Puck drop in about 15, 20 minutes. Stick with us here on Cofield and Company.